Hello, I am Trevor Cuba. In the memory of George Floyd, here is 8 minutes and 46 seconds of silence.
be safe. This month, these years, they have been hard for queer folk. At this very moment, we fight hate across the world, as our very humanity is up to debate in way too many places. There are so many, and the void left is devastating. We feel lonely and isolated as this ongoing crisis ravages the world. We lost so many over the years, and there's really nothing that can bring appeasement to the void left behind. Still we fight, still we love, still we are ever in the front line against hatred. Happy Pride, Radiate Rot, and I can only hope our silly little show brings you some solace in these strange times. We have always been here, and we are not going anywhere. This game contains natural disasters and is not advised for anyone that has aversion to fire and burns. It also involves class violence and the eternal deluge caused by the mercurial love of our dark mother, the sea. Hi, I'm Brad. I was playing Bayushi Minoru of the Bayushi Death Dealer School. My name is Charlie, and I'll be playing our illusionist, Soshi Yuzume. I'm Evan Strait, and I'll be playing Sakai no Doji Ikkyo, a member of the Doji Bureaucrat School. My name is Sam, and I'll be playing Asahina Hajime, a member of the Kakita Duelist School. I'm Ludo, and I'll be playing the Emerald Lands, as well as all its wonders and horrors. Nobody knows what happened. Some talk about unusual desert winds, others of volcanic activity. A few whisper about catastrophic mental imbalance and shiver when recalling the tragedy of the tsunami that has blasted the crane lands two years ago. Whatever the reason, tons of ice and rock have deviated the course of the river of gold as massive hailstorms punish the southern half of the empire. It is the harshest winter in decades, and you had to leave the wintering court at Quiyuden Mia to assist your hosts as they send their best emissaries and engineers up and down the river of gold, building leaves and evacuation population from the shores and beyond. It has been one week since you took this endeavor. The storm shows no signs of stopping. We close in through the gray, cold winds and we zoom in on a small village uh, near the southern end of uh, Scorpion Territories, the village of Shutai. It's a weird place, mostly empty for winter, but there are many satellite fishing villages that need to be fortified. You are tasked with overseeing the fortification of the embankments nearby. Alongside the shore, everything that could be pulled by ox or peasant muscle has been done. 
loose rocks, fishing boats, debris bundling nets, fallen trees, everything that could be made into a blockade has been made so. A herd of mere horses stands ready, protected from the rain that is punishing you. Two carts brimming with important documents and rare resources stand nearby. Anyone besides the drafted workers and samurai volunteers has abandoned the lowlands. It is inevitable that they're going to be blasted by the flood. You are here to prevent the worst case scenario. As we cycle around the shore, we see the four samurais, four yoriki, four deputies of the Emerald Office, doing their best on the cold winter season under the blasted rain. So when we look around and we find Asahina Hajime, what do we see and what is he doing? Asahina Hajime is uh, relatively tall. Um, he's about 6'5", and he uh, has sort of a swimmer's build, um, so very kind of lean, but like very densely packed, like lean muscle. His hair is kind of like ombre from black down into white, a, uh, a twist on the classic crane style. And he's probably moving around and taking a lot of sort of mental assessment of the situation, but um, he's kind of moving very quickly from place to place, not really sticking in any one spot. I think he periodically steps over to his uh, fellow Yorkie and uh, might say something just quickly um, and like point out something that he's noticed as far as a, maybe a spot where he sees like, oh, we could probably, you know, at least like fix this thing fairly quickly and kind of attend to that. But then he just sort of keeps like moving on from there. On the last week, what will advise a thing did you do just to try to outperform one of your fellow deputies? He would have been the one who's trying to keep, I guess, the most uh, accurate reporting of the situation in, in terms of how it relates to the natural disaster itself and uh, be relaying that information back to his magistrate. From the other side of the work site, we see Shoshi Izume. And what do we see as she goes around doing the best to her abilities to help? So uh, Izume is likely going to be sitting down, um, pointing at maps to uh, show... Um, you know, all of the, the workers and other volunteers, uh, the most strategic places to fortify that she can think of based on the information she has in front of her. She's likely frowning because she does not want to be here out in the rain. She's underneath a large fabric umbrella, which drips onto her hair every now and again because it has just soaked through. Her face is half hidden by a mask that has a very, very anguished face on it. And she wears predominantly black. You know, you wouldn't probably wouldn't notice her unless she was shouting at you, which she has been doing from time to time to get people to chop up, listen. What is the thing that Yuzame misses the most from Mia that they really, really would like to have at their side right now? Oh, it was warm and she had books. And if she needed anything, she could just point to someone and they would get it for her. It's incredibly um, inconvenient for her to be out here, not as mobile, given the 
weather conditions, and it's really put her in a foul mood. Indeed, there's not only one storm brewing. We see another clanmate of Yozume also working alongside Hajime. What we see when we turn to Bayushi Minoru? He's tall-ish, not as tall as Hajime. He looks short next to him. He wears the traditional Bayushi red and blacks, and his mask covers the lower half of his face with some beautiful embroidery, very traditional lower half cloth mask. Um, You can see with his eyes, he's frowning. He's angrily pointing and giving stern orders to the various peasants running about using the logic that these are scorpion peasants and this is almost what they're used to. These people being polite to them are going to get them to work fast enough to save the, the village. So while he's not being, you know, bullying, he's very much like, you, stack that there quickly. All right. And why is this act of volunteering your help not even the craziest thing that your magistrate has asked you to do? It's not the craziest thing that Kitsu has asked me to do because before this, when we were at Kiyudin Mia, he had me go and cuddle up to a samurai, excuse me, cozy up to a samurai that he doesn't trust, knowing that my reputation as a scorpion would help. And finally, we see Doji Eiku, a member of the Sakai Vassal family. And what do we see when we, tur- when we turn our attention towards them? Aiko is standing very still and resolute amidst the torrential downpour in a uh, straw raincoat. He grew up on coastal areas and is very familiar with heavy rainfall, uh, wet conditions. And as he's standing there alongside Soshi Yuzumi, he is scanning very slowly and intentionally with clear, focused eyes, assessing the, the terrain, but often referring back to several legal documents put out between the two of them, referring to the standing of local villages and contracts between governors, attempting to find potential ways for local members in the area to provide resources or where to move villagers to this lowlands to, to find a proper space for them to be evacuated to safely. He is very quiet, uh, speaking only when he has reached a decision or fully analyze the situation and tends to be operating in the background compared to the rest of the magistrates. There was being something quite scary during the last week. Your magistrate has listened and followed almost all of your advice with little to no protest. Why is that so scary? The attention of superiors that Ico has not fully analyzed or won over yet proposes risk. This situation is fraught with risk, even though it is something familiar to Aiko from his upbringing. There are innumerable variables currently at play that he cannot see that lurk behind the rain clouds waiting to entangle him if he takes the wrong step. You can hear the prostates of an exhausted horse as the, the current overseer of the operation approaches. This is, of course, 
a samurai of the Mia family that has been tasked to oversee this, this disaster response, Mia Kaba. They look at the four of you, appraising your works, turning their good eye around between the peasants and the wall, and they turn back as a figure emerges from the headsman house. A tingling figure, its straw cloak caked in mud. Distant thunderbolts reflect off their swords and their emerald badge of office. Your magistrate, Kitsushogo, has come back from dealing with the Ronin in town and either muster their service or scare them off. He turns around, nods discreetly in your direction, and starts talking with Miyak Wakada. It seems there is a lot of work to be done, and rains show no sign of stopping, not at any time soon. But it's becoming quite obvious that you are at the limit of what you can do with the material conditions at hand. Who notices this before anyone else? Doji has definitely been pouring over the current resource allotments to this area, and granted that Kitsushogo hasn't checked in with us uh, since he's been dealing with the Ronin, I'm not sure if he's discovered anything else, but with the current materials I see listed out from the reports that we have of the area, I definitely believe uh, Aiko catches on very quickly that the resources here are very limited if we are going to do anything to save the town and the people from further destruction. Ico will take a, a report of the current materials in the last Imperial tax for the region and take them over with a protective parasol or something to try to keep the, the documents from getting too ruined in the downpour and approach both of the superiors and say, may I have your attention for a moment? Urgently, but with the formality required. The magistrate is looking south instead of at you, and Wakaba dismounts and extends a scarred hand to to receive the documents. And before they are able to grab it, or before you are able to offer, you notice the loud sound of bells can be heard at the distance. And they just shim and they don't stop. They keep ringing and ringing and ringing. Wakaba turns and curses. They are the first to realize what this means. These are the alarm bells of the watchtowers around the rivers. And they were only supposed to ring if a levy had broken. Mia turns to Kitsu and orders him, you gather your people, you ride south, and you keep going until you find out exactly which levy has broken. We need to be there as soon as possible. And they are already back on horse and racing down south. Kitsu turns around. I want the three of you to get on the horses. Yuzume, you get the most important task. You have to take everything that we collected every map, every piece of legislation, and put them on the cart and write the cart. We cannot be without it. Even worse, we cannot abandon it on a random location. 
he crosses his arms and adjusts his straw cloak as if waiting to see if you have any comments to make before departing. Doji will give the, the a formal rushed bow and say, as you command, and head back quickly to the tethered horses and mount up. I think Hajime basically bows in motion while just sort of doing as to, I don't even think he necessarily speaks. He's just already like going over to the horses and uh, trying to saddle up and, and get moving pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, I don't think he like fully even stops. He just gives the correct like approximation of a bow and keeps moving. Minoru does the sim- a similar thing. He makes sure everyone else is moving, bows, then hops on his horse. Izume kind of mumbles kind of angrily to herself, just very much under her breath as she tries to gather up as much as she can. Um, she's not a fan of having to move quickly, uh, let alone in this kind of weather, but she does uh, just without really acknowledging uh, anything. She just goes ahead and does it. And uh, once she has everything, uh, she just hops up on the cart with a bit of a grunt. Your heart sinks a bit when you pass another watchtower and another watchtower and another watchtower. And you keep riding more 10 minutes and you find an intact levy. You keep riding, you see another watchtower and another watchtower. And you see no more groups and you see another levy that is still holding back. And as you keep riding for hours... It's become pretty clear that the worst has happened. There's only one levy that you still have not passed through. The one protecting the hills and islands of the town of Hirosaka. The only thing that is between the ancestral lands of the Mot and the deluge coming towards them. There is no way that the town has survived intact if the levy has broken. Unfortunately... Uh, at some point during this journey through the storm, you notice that one of the riders is missing. And and so it happens uh, that Bayushi Minoru is not with you. He's lost. And Kitsu and Mia, they, if they have noticed, they keep racing. They seem to believe the case even more urgent. What do the other three do? Sahino's he keeps riding. Um I mean, he's doing what he's told. So Yuzume is just sitting on a cart, essentially, um, holding some things to her. And she keeps just a little string of bells in her obi that she kind of holds up, not completely into the wind. Uh, She keeps it a little bit underneath her umbrella as well, so that it's not just like rattling um, horrendously in the air. Uh, Tries to get a bit of a breeze on it, um, play them a little bit of a tune. So the Air Academy, they answer your call, and they seem to be playfully tying with each other, and they seem to be having problems flowing as they went through the air. There's a lot of uh, spiritual distress going around. And they, finally, they bring you news that uh, one of their siblings has seen a samurai that fits the description of Minoru. And they seem to be following the path alongside the river. 
but uh, they are pretty late. It might take them one hour or more for them to catch up with you, but they seem to be on the right track. Well, I guess in that case, Yuzume is just going to yell across to the others that Minoru, he knows where he's going, and if he's not here within an hour, then we'll figure something out then. He knew to ride south like the rest of us. He should catch up. So, Minoru, why were you delayed? What happened? My horse was acting up. It got scared because of the thunder, turned off the path, and I had to get it back on the path. When you come back, you are all alone. It's you, the river, the rain, and the storm. And resume your way south, and you pass near one of the signal towers. It creaks and snaps, ringing all the way as it falls into the water. The tower is a wreck. It should be pulled up by the strength of the deluge, but it's not only holding. The wind keeps making the bell ring, and it keeps ringing and ringing. It's unintended. It should just be disappearing under the waves, but it's still going on. What consumes Minoru on this moment? Minoru looks at it, and he is taken back almost to being young and being told to properly pay homage to your ancestors, worship your ancestors, and especially the brother you lost. And as the nightmares and the things that happened to him got worse, he spent more and more time in the temples hearing the bells ring, just trying to get a little bit of peace from it. And he's just standing there, just slack-jawed, listening to this bell ring, and it's taking him all the way back to that. You know that these bells, these bells got you involved in this mess. These bells brought you to Hirosaki. These bells are a message. And that bell is a message that any moment can just disappear under the under the water. And you will be denied that knowledge, that message, that precious information that someone from beyond spent effort and spiritual energy to send you. What do you do? I'm going to walk close to the tower, grab a piece of the rubble from it that I can easily carry, and I'm going to carry that as a, this is a reminder of what just happened. I need to keep this piece of rubble to show that I acknowledge this message. And I'm going to listen to the bell for a couple of minutes while I'm holding it. So you pick a piece from the watchtower that it's still painted, and you're noticing it does not have rugged edges, as if something that snapped. It has a straight cut. As if someone has cut it. So, you make your way to Irosaka. The roads into the city from the eastern bank have been flooded. The entire lowlands are caked in mud and debris. Another tide comes in, destroying a few more buildings that are still left standing as your group arrives. You can see against the contours of the lightning strikes a few hills that seem to remain safe, a few stone buildings that seem intact. 
and overviewing all of those seems to be the keep of the mod clan. It seems like the only gate uh, which you can get through is the the northern eastern one. And any other passage, you will probably have to go through one of the levers that you pass it on the way here. So, uh, Yuzume, why it takes you a moment to even recognize Hirosaka? How much has the whole profile of the town changed from what you remember? Well, she was very laser-focused when she came here last time, and she didn't really pay attention to what was outside of the palanquin as it led her towards her destination. She remembers it being a lot noisier for different reasons. Uh, there were more people. It was obviously much calmer, but it, it was it was smaller as well. Uh, there's been a bit of expansion since uh, she was here a few years ago, but it's not strictly what she would have expected when she thinks of a city or a town expanding, she thinks of like the walls expanding a bit more and perhaps more fortifications going up. And it looks like most of the expansion has just been small homes. So more people have moved in, but maybe city infrastructure hasn't kept up with demands um, for properly taking care of them. Mia and Kitsu, they approach your cart and Wakaba points to some of the scrolls in the back. Can you please get us a map of the city, Soshi-san? Of course. She'll uh, start flicking through. She's probably got them in some sort of order, so that she, or like a color coding system, so she knows roughly which pile the maps all are. And she pulls one out and hands it over. So the five of you get her around the map and start comparing what they can see with what is there. And after some uh, short discussion, everyone is on the same point, considering the, the status of the city. It seems like the governor's quarter with its stone buildings and the keep of the Mod Clan stands high and safe. Uh, you cannot help but notice something weird about it, uh, as it seems almost too quiet as if it was on the eye of the storm. Uh, however, uh, despite standing, the walls and bridges connecting it to the rest of the town have been utterly obliterated. So far, nobody can guess where to get there, but it's definitely going to be impossible from the eastern bank where you stand now. The samurai quarter and the temple square are mostly untouched but appearing inaccessible from the eastern bank too, uh, as uh, they shared many of the bridges with the governor's quarter, and the only bridge that was accessible for servants was quite small and discreet, and was probably one of the first things to go when the levy broke. The uncompartmentalization of the samurai uh, isolating them from this side of the river. Most of the commoners' quarter seems to be lost. And the only thing that you can see from here of that are the granaries. And even then, the buildings, they seem to be quite damaged. And uh, it will probably be good to check on them if you find yourselves there. Another quarter that has also suffered has been the Riverport Quarter. You can barely see any building standing. Everything of the market seems to have been taken down. The docks are utterly collapsed. 
Against all odds, the warehouses of different mercantile families stand proud and enduring. Small islands of serenity and an ominous omen of what the future has to offer to Irasaki. Outside of the walls of the city, on the western bank, the untouchable commune has been spared by the flood. It seems that they are doing quite well and their hill is quite safe. And no, they don't show any signs of damage from the storm, at least from here. Maybe if one wants to look close, but uh, neither Kitsu or Mia seem very interested in looking close to that. After the, taking this overview and bouncing back from each other, Kitsu and Mia turn to you. It seems essential that we coordinate with the Kaikoga family, Shogo points out. We have to do that somehow. Uh, Mia agrees with the nod and turns to you. We pass it through a levee that is wide enough for us to safely take the cart. So, Kitsu-san, we are going to take the cart, drive there, and go to the western bank, where we'll try to make contact with both the Kaikoga family and my relative in the city that was responsible for preparing it against the flood. I'm afraid that uh, we need to take precautions that at least some of us make their way to the Western Bank. Kitsu nods and turns to you. You are to make your way towards the Western Bank. And I'm afraid you're going to have to go it through the town, through the eve of the disaster, and you have to make your way somehow. I hope to be there to meet with you with further detail orders, or at the very least, that you'll be able to rally the people and see to their safety. Again, your orders are to meet me on the West Bank, but don't forget your duties to the Ramald office and the empire. You enter the, the town through what is left of the Eastern Gate. The walls are filled to the brim with people seeking refuge because the stone walls, they are far enough from the water and they offer enough shelter. They look, as you enter, shriveling as they try to console each other. They seem exhausted, uh, as if everyone there is just too tired to Keep continuing the fight against the rising waters. These people have been doing everything that they can to save their town. And now they are just wiped. Thunder strikes a stall nearby, starting a fire. An elderly innkeeper shouts and 12 or so people jump from the walls and rush to handle the fire. Um, yeah, now I like seeing that there is an active fire. I don't think... Uh, Hajime hesitates at all and just immediately starts just bolting towards dealing with that. Uh, you can see uh, some of the peasants that are volunteer. They are grabbing buckets with water from nearby pools. They are Some of them are working one of the wells of the town. Uh, as soon as you approach, you pretty much find out uh, someone shoving a, a bucket in your hands before rushing to get any, something else. 
Uh, yeah, I think he's going to try and uh, start out with putting the fire out. Doji jumps into trying to get some peasants or working himself to move any smaller non-housing or building structures away from the fire. Yeah, uh, half of the group splits away and uh, stop crowding around the fire and around uh, the water sources and follow your commands and start clearing debris away, moving carts away, dismantling some of the stalls, soaking the things that they cannot move in water. And you see a rider entering the gate and you see that Minoru has returned. So Minoru, uh, you saw Hirosaki pretty much leveled, at least on the side of the river you are approaching. And just as you predicted, you arrived not that long uh, after your companions. And uh, the three of them, they seem to be tending around a small style fire. What do you do? Hop off my horse, help them get it fully under control, and just offer a quick, oh, I um, ran into some issues on the road. Sorry for the delay. I'm going to talk to the woman who initially got everybody uh, dealing with the fire. And uh, Yuzume is going to sort of show her whatever symbol of office that she's got. And they that the covered bridge leading to the sake works needs repairs can you oversee you know a small team who can at least work on making it a bit sturdier perhaps use some of the carts some of the wood from the market stalls uh just to make it strong enough that we can send people across if we find them oh samurai sam oh, i will be glad to do so i i really appreciate your efforts my name is Baba. I am the caretaker of uh, the house of the Evergreens. Uh, perhaps you want to rest there as we handle this. I'm I'm just an innkeeper. I don't know much about bridge repairs and whatnot, but I'm sure if some of the younger people and the masters there on the walls, they will be able to help. Perhaps we can do so as you take a moment to rest. I'm certain that after the repairs have been made and we've finished our work here, that we can find some time to spend at your establishment. However, seeing how quickly people responded to your earlier commands, I believe that you would be well suited to oversee repairs on the bridge. Uh, You're clearly very well respected here. And I would be happy to come and visit once things are done however at the moment time is of the essence doji will be assisting after the immediate surroundings of the burning building were addressed he definitely started trying to organize the peasants in the area to start getting an organized structure of of first responders in certain areas and seeing what you're doing he tries to get the peasants to line up to work with baba i'll also help by Pointing and yelling and acting very scorpion about this. What are you doing? Get down there and help. What is that Jimmy doing in the meantime? As far as like getting the bridge repair like done, I think he's happy to do the work of it, doing some of the physical labor himself and like in the thick of it being like, hey, you, you know, go ahead and raise that portion of the bridge right there so we can put a support up underneath it. He's happy to do that kind of part. Everyone rallies around the crew that uh, Baba has basically three plays. 
And you see people dragging old carts from out of town and starting to quickly make some improvised repairs on the bridges. And soon it's safe enough that pretty much everyone present can cross. And uh, not only are you, Samurai, able to cross, also pretty much most of the peasants that still have some energy follow behind you and try to look uh, look around on the commoners' quarters to see if there is someone trapped under the debris, something that they can salvage, etc. On the commoners' quarters, only the granaries seem to stand. The island has been completely flooded over. As soon as you walk a bit into it, as soon you have water knee-high and you look at some of the lower streets and that can easily get up to your armpit if you're not careful. And people go are going around shouting after their loved ones. A lot of them come to talk with the peasants that are following behind you and begging for them. And everyone seems to be trying to salvage as much as they can from their former lives. The silver lining of this is that um, because the, the water is pulling down on the lower streets and there is enough debris of collapsed houses uh, in place, this kind of makes improvised water breaks. And unless there is another massive tide coming from north, you are relatively protected from the deluge here. If there is any sort of spiritual disturbance or like a something, anything supernatural or the chill down my spine. You are looking around, looking for threats, and you see shadows moving uh, alongside the granaries that you're not quite sure what they are doing. Uh, you see the danger that a sudden tide will constitute, and uh, you quickly realize that if you are Catch by one without having shelter nearby, that is going to be very dangerous and you risk uh, being taken by the waters. But you are unable to figure out when is the next tide coming or where will be a convenient place to find shelter. And as your mind is jumping back and forth between f- facts, you keep turning your head towards the keep of the mud. And you feel a shiver down your spine as you feel a deep wrongness, uh, as if there is a big sudden void and the elements are rushing in to feel it. It's chilling, but somehow you get a harm feeling on your cheeks as you turn your head westwards. If there was something really harm igniting in the the Western Bank. But the moment you touch your face, it's just as cold as the rest of your body. He relays all of that and then says, I'm like, I saw some shadows moving over there. there. I'm going to go take a look at that. And I think without waiting for a full collective decision, he starts moving that way as carefully as he can. The rest of the group sees Asahina rushing on that direction, waddling through the water. And... Asahina, you see a group of people, uh, armored people, peasants or similar, and you figure they must be some kind of firefighter gang, pirates, or just some desperate militia members. And 
they have a few ragged boats with them, uh, three to be precise, and they seem to be loading rice from the granary into there. If one would be untied in assumptions, it seems that they are stealing it. Uh, you know how they are stealing it? Because moving rice uh, is pretty slow and dangerous. They are stealing it by making holes into the already damaged granary. And between the flow of the rice and the holes that they are digging it, they risk bringing down the whole thing. You can see one that uh, seems to have uh, uh, some kind of jitte with them. And uh, she seems to be drilling on one of the buildings. Yeah, I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna throw a sword. So basically, you are following him, uh, and you get there. The moment is, you just see, just see Asahina pull out the sword and throw it. <laughs> okay, gotcha. What the hell is he doing? He has to do this perfectly in one go. Okay, so these people, these firefighters, they are looking with glee at the rice that is accumulating on their uh, boat. Uh, they are fascinating that the drilling trick is working, and the woman doing the drilling, she keeps going, and they stop as they see some light far away. And the first they think that it's the thunder, but it's actually lights being reflected of something that is descending towards her at high velocity. And they realize only too late that it's light being reflected out of a blade that cuts through her drill and grabs the sleeves of her clothes and pin them towards the boat. And everyone just, every firefighter just turns towards you Sees four samurai, sees one of them just leaving a strange martial stance, and they immediately bounce away on two of the boats. Uh, the the boat with the sword is still there, and uh, the woman she just rips her sleeves and uh, dives into the water. Nodonio managed to scare them away. You got a free boat. <laughs> I go over and. I go and retrieve my sword um, and uh, sheath it, and I want to make sure that at least for the moment, uh, without anyone there, that the granary looks relatively structurally sound. Yeah, from what you can see, not that you are any expert or anything, but uh, uh, assuming that uh, the worst of the storm has come to pass and that the tides are going to be slowing down by the existing debris. I think you think that unless there is a fire, nothing will really happen to the granary. It should be safe. Okay, yeah. I take my new boat, just drag it behind me, and uh, walk back over to the group, and I say, there were some, uh, I think they were supposed to be firefighters looting over there. They damaged the granaries, but I managed to secure them off for the moment. We need to get the holes in the sides patched uh, in order to ensure that they remain structurally sound. If they take any more damage, they could come down, and that would be ruin for this town. Doji has spent the last length of time here in these quarters trying to analyze if there are any points 
uh, in the outer walls or in the local terrain that could ditches could be created to drain the flooded streets. He found that the lower streets they can be used to drain the waters. The point is, uh, it seems to be happening already naturally. Uh, you think that things are not so bad on the commoners' quarters uh, that you know. As soon as it stops raining so much, they can probably just dig drains towards the river and it will just follow gravity and it will able to do so. Uh, of course, rebuilding is another task, but he managed to make some good mental notes of how to quickly drainage this place immediately after the, the storm. Okay, if that's not a pressing issue, at the moment, it, then he'll try to find some sort of structure that still has a roof intact uh, to get out writing implements from a satchel at his side. And he will firstly mark down a report about how the boat was secured from based off of Asahina's description of uh, the general type of the boat for registration later in case that is needed for compliance with imperial regulation. And then he'll begin... Uh, drafting up a, a rough sketch of the surrounding area and the granaries. And based off of the the surveying he's been doing with the terrain, he starts to gather the peasant workforce that Yuzimi successfully rallied earlier to get them working on repairing and, and fortifying the silos, just in case that another another thievery attempt could be pulled through. Yeah, your efforts to master them, they go without issue. Uh you are able to make a very good sketch and organize a very good plan. And the people seem to be very interested in following around and doing what you do. Uh, the thing is, as you are lingering behind, uh, you start getting this feeling of wrongness. You realize that there is a big tide coming. The good thing that you've been prepared is that uh, on your notes, the, there are very good sites to serve as shelter. And you are able to quickly give them to the peasants. So you are pretty sure that they will be able to work safely with your instructions and notes on how to time the work between the, the tides. But you also know that you need to get moving fast or you will be out there when the next tide comes and it might be even harder to go into the West Bank. So you realize that you must rush since Doji's keen hearing kicked in and he, he knows that the next wave is, is coming sometime soon, he will rally up the rest of the magistrates saying, I believe I have detected a bit of a disturbance headed our way, not quite as severe as the one that seemed to heavily affect the town, but something severe is coming in. Uh, Asahina, do you happen to know how to pilot that thing? Perhaps we could get ourselves across to the West Bank. I'm certain that I can figure it out. Everyone climb aboard. Yes, we were only dawdling while we were waiting for you to finish your pictures, dear. Let's go. So you continue and uh, things get much worse when uh, you get to the southern part of the island, that is the Riverport quarters, and your words predictions are vindicated uh, this place has been completely devastated nothing remains of the shops houses and the dogs of the most vibrant part of the town are just gone 
the water here is high enough to drown you, so it's a good thing that uh, you have the boat. And it's suddenly too quiet. There's no lanterns, no fires. The party must traverse the icy waters in pure darkness. The only interruption is the occasional thunderbolt that pierces the sky, giving an eerie contour to all the debris and whatever is left from the western bank. To one side, the outline of the Mortland's keep. To the other, the outline of the warehouses that you saw from before. There are splashing sounds in the darkness, and you can see the hints of damaged boats, makeshift rafts, and guards that are being thrown into the water. You can see some peasants that are risking braving the water, following you into darkness. You don't know how many of them will make out, how many will people will be saved by their courage, how many of them will draw trying to follow you. Can I also say that if they stay behind on the commoner's quarter, they will be safe. But still, you try to get through, paddling your way forwards, hoping that you are able to get to the West Bank. You see a boat going in the opposite direction. This boat is painted with pitch, and the people there, they seem to be wearing rags and masks and pulling people out of the water. As soon as they see that you will notice them, they paddle in the opposite direction. So just kind of because of the surroundings, I think Asahina is probably right now like the most on edge that he has been so far. I think when he sees the boat going the other way, he but he just immediately starts paddling after it as fast as he can uh, and turns to Bayushi and he says, Bayushi, would you mind assisting me with this, please? I think we need to uh, attend to whatever that situation is. Bayushi's going to help him start paddling and just, I agree, Asahina-san. I think it's worth pursuing. You don't think we need to get to the West Bank, gentlemen? We have our orders. I believe that our we have done our duty to the Emerald Office and assisted the peasants. We were instructed to arrive at the West Bank as soon as possible. And Asahina, you yourself mentioned some sort of disturbance coming from that direction. Hajime falters and uh, shoulders slump a little bit. And he says, yes, of course. And he, I apologize. And he takes the oar back and just starts going back the way that they are supposed to be going. And as you turn again to navigate the destroyed river port district, you hit something and you fumble in the dark and you, you see that it's a roof. The weirdest part is that this is not a local roof. Uh, the tiles painted red, uh, the elegant, intricate red lanterns on it, the iron scorpions on the corners. This roof traveled quite far. Um, Doji has a working knowledge of most quote unquote important towns or holdings. Would there be some record or some sort of information that he's worked with before that could reference where, like, how far this roof would have traveled to get to this point? He could easily assume that this roof came all the way from Teardrop Island, all the way from Drowned Honor Bay, that this comes from the City of Lies. Brad can be found on Discord at 
BZAJ1648 and at Twitter at BZAJDA Barbarian. Charlie can be found on Discord as recently in and on Twitter at BowserJ, where you can find links to her L5R blog. Evan can be found on Facebook as Evan Strite or Discord as PushyMushy1871. And I'm a part of another actual play for L5R called Secondhand Strife. You can check us out anywhere podcasts are distributed. Sam can be found on Discord and Reddit as Live From My Basement and on Instagram as at SJSidLogic. Lulu can be found at Deletiel on Twitter and their design work can be found at Populesque Ludum Syndicate on DriveThruRPG and Itchu. This is a Courts Game podcast. You can find more about them at Court Games Pod on Twitter or at their site, courtgamespod.com. Legends of the Five Ring is the intellectual property currently owned by Fantasy Flight Games.